Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. With a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Cedric. Michael Hamflet, unfortunately, off work ill today. Get well soon, mate. But we are here to review AEW Rampage and Brian Danielson versus Nick Jackson, which was the real highlight of the show, if we're perfectly honest. I mean, that match was the real quiz. It's yeah. the match that I remember in something of an indictment. It's a decent measure. Obviously, our working schedules, we do Monday till Friday, 9 till 5, the British way. Mm. But it's difficult to live and all that. So that's the British way we do it. Uh, therefore, because we are not in on a weekend, because we have responsibilities, we review a Friday show on a Monday. And it's and I watch it on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Nice, easy hour. I'm an early riser, blah, 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 blah. I can remember almost to the exact move, to the exact angle at which Nick Jackson's arm was getting oh. bent. The entire story, the shifts in momentum, because Brian Danielson is an absolute genius. And that match was incredible. I can't really remember much about the other two yeah, matches. Someone got the red shades. So I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping your recaps allow me to analyze it in a bit more depth than I'm currently dreading right now. But that's in itself an observation, if you want me to be mm. cheeky about the recap and me not watching it again to take <laughs> notes or whatever. That's genuinely like a decent observation in that I can remember hold for hold almost that awesome Danielson-Nick um, Jackson match. The other two were just there. Mm. They kind of existed. I'm sure you'll remind me of some of the fun spots. And I did experience some fun spots, but nothing that lives in the memory. And it continues to be a broader problem with the show in which they do one awesome thing, usually it's first, and then there's two storyline purposeful matches or developments that happen on the show. The odd nice promo sprinkled in, but we again are not quite at the third extra hour of programming. It's 20 minutes of brilliance, 40 minutes of stuff that can realistically be done yeah. on YouTube and nothing of value would be lost. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And not that I thought it was going to change 
immediately overnight, but I was just so glad to have Rampage back at one hour. Excalibur talking about how it's the best hour of wrestling you get, and that's true. But like you say, it's very much sort of split down the middle in terms of half of it is, like you say, burned into your memory and essential viewing. The other half is, uh, catch up on it as, as and when. I, I watched the Brian Danielson-Nick Jackson match on Saturday, and then I rewatched it again today to make my notes and then just watched the rest of it because, it, like I said, just wasn't important enough for me to... We knew Jack Evans was going to get his head, got his head shaved. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that says quite a lot. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about uh, that opening match. Brian Danielson versus Nick Jackson. Uh, get all the entrances. Uh, early on, Nick Jackson taunts. Brian Danielson jumps to the floor, gets the old cold spray, sprays it under his armpit. So Danielson responds by diving straight into his goddamn face because he's great. Um, come back into the ring. Uh, Danielson hits the shotgun drop kick off the top and goes at Jackson's face and does the old I have till five thing, which was mocked later on by Nick Jackson. Lovely little stuff. That's what I like in my wrestling. Uh, puts him in the dragon sleeper. Eventually, Jackson manages to get out of it. And then... I, I, I just skipped to the next bit of what I've written here is torture. Like you say, that bit, he takes his arm and he contorts it, you know, at the wrist and at the elbow. And it's it's really <laughs> serial killer-esque in terms of it was how slow and methodical it was. It's like, all right, I'm just going to rip that muscle. He's right. You know, like Pete goes, right, I'm going to break that finger, breaks it. It's like Danielson was like, I'm going to slowly tear this muscle and yeah. then this muscle that's connected to it. That's what he did. He slowly did that. And not only did he, you know, put it, in, you know, put him into some sort of submission or some sort of horrible hold to be stuck in, he then stands on it, basically, and uses it to, to get into a pinfall, which I thought was really, really good. Eventually, Jackson fights back, uh, arm drag on Danielson, gets out of the way of a drop kick in the corner, and then hoys him to the outside, where Matt Jackson spears him, beats him up, and then walks off. Well, I didn't do anything as we go into a picture-in-picture break. We come back, and Nick Jackson, oh, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Brian Danielson's really happy to be back wrestling. I know he's been doing it a while back now, but... I bet his chest isn't happy. He's back doing it because he was really enjoying far too much Nick Jackson kicking him in the chest, leaning into them, absorbing all of them. Uh, and then he gets up, fires up, and spits in Nick Jackson's face. Taz is apoplectic about this on commentary. Uh, eventually, he fights back Danielson. He hits him with uh, kicks and chops and just gives it him. All the way back, concluding with that wonderful kick to the head. Uh, Jackson is uh, subsequently slumped in the corner. Uh, Danielson gets two running drop kicks, but on the third, Jackson fires out. Super kick, near fall. Jackson goes up top for a 450 splash, but Danielson gets his knees up, puts him in the label lock. Nick Jackson just makes it to the ropes, rolls out to the apron. Uh, Danielson follows him. There's this fighting out there. Uh, eventually, Brian Danielson kicks the ring post. That must have sucked. Uh, gets hit with a super kick and a released German suplex on the ring apron. Jackson puts him in the sharpshoot in the middle of the ring, uh, but Danielson just makes it to the ropes, rolls out to the floor. Jackson goes for a kick off the apron onto Danielson, but he ducks out of the way and he kicks Brandon Cutler yet again in the face, who sells that. Danielson suplexes Nick Jackson on the floor, takes out Matt Jackson uh, with a forearm. He's coming back in. He does get rolled up by Nick Jackson, but he fires out of it. Tiger suplex, elbow smashes into Nick Jackson's chest and puts him into cattle mutilation to get the submission victory and gets a nice nod of approval there for Michael Sidgwick. That's such a smile on my face. Uh, Wilborn, I was deliberating about whether to say this on the podcast. I certainly didn't tweet it 
even though I guarantee it's the truth because it sounds so much like a lie and I didn't want to get Ryan sattened, basically, even though his was a lie. Well, I'm about to tell you it's a God's honest truth. I watched this match twice. I watched it at 5 a.m. Saturday morning, loved it and thought, I'm going to watch this again, but at the same time, I kind of want to watch Mandy. Have you seen Mandy? Mm. I got that ball for my birthday, so I wanted to watch Mandy. I was like, I've got a limited time with which to spend my nights after the kids go to sleep before I just succumb to sleep myself. I have to measure my things very carefully. Uh, that's what you have when you have two kids. So look forward to that. <laughs> so I thought, uh, we want to watch Mandy, but I really want to watch this match at the same time. That's like two and a half hours. I'm never staying up for that amount of time. During the day on Saturday, right, um, parents who have YouTube and have kids who know, oh, you can watch anything on YouTube and you can watch multiple versions of everything on YouTube will know this acute pain very well. At the minute, my daughter, Charlotte, she is obsessed with the Billy Goat's Gruff, the story. Classic. She absolutely loves it. She loves to play it. She'll like she'll play the Billy Goat's Gruff and just headbutt us right in the leg. It's <laughs> like, ah, come on, I'll, I'll sell it. Like, ah, no worries, but just, just a problem. Like, like, headbutt right mm. in my leg. But she'll want to watch it on YouTube. And it's like, right, okay, well, before we do the activity of the day, she can have an hour watching this. And... The more ones she's already seen, the more you get, like, chances uploading things to YouTube. Like, the crudest animation, the weirdest voices. <laughs> Sometimes the Billy Goats barely move, and it's like, how are you making money off this content? Yeah. And it's ridiculous, and you go deep into the Billy Goats Gruff YouTube wormhole. There's a wormhole for literally everything. <laughs> the law of the Billy Goats. The law of the Billy Goats Gruff. So I'm thinking, how much more cheap and low effort is this content going to get? I thought, I can't watch this. Like... That's too far away from the thing that we had planned. So I thought, you know what? I always do wrestling moves on Charlotte, and she absolutely loves it. Um, I always do the package pile driver. It's the best one. <laughs> so I was like, Charlotte, you know who me and you play wrestling? She went, yeah. I was like, do you want to watch it instead? And I oh, thought, here Great. we go. So I've got, I can watch Mandy uninterrupted. I can watch the match again, and I avoid these crude versions of Billy Goat's Grove. And James is there, my son as well, because I'm thinking he actually will watch it and she'll just potter about and play. He loves a diving headbutt, doesn't he? He like Yeah, he likes doing the um, Honma. Yeah. The Kokeshi. Anyway, so all three of us, so I'm like, yes, going to watch it again. This is no word of a lie. Brian Danielson is obviously the baby face. Nick Jackson, through his face alone, conveys the fact that he's a bad guy, he's an obnoxious guy, and he's like doing some wonderful bragging at the start with the backflip and all the rest of it. I swear to God, this is true. Brian Danielson's arm work and limb work looked so gruesome in this match that my son hated him. <gasps> it's just like, I don't like him. I don't like him. I was like, why? Because he's really being nasty. He's, <laughs> that looks really horrible, that. I was like, Brian Danielson's work looks so good that he's traumatized my kid. <laughs> it's like, I did not like him. And it's like, well, look at him. Like, he's. Works really tight and impressive. And like he did a backflip, he was showing off. No one likes to show off to the James. He's, like, he's, he's watching it and like, I'm, if I give him like a bad memory here, <laughs> if I ruined him getting into wrestling, he genuinely was a little bit unsettled by how violent the work looked on his arm. The missus comes in. So James says he can't sleep because he keeps thinking of, I don't know if you've heard this before, cattle mutilation. <laughs> <laughs> like legitimately, this is the case. Anyway, the match itself. Fabulous. Yeah. The only drawback was, if this is the first 15 minutes of Dynamite instead of the first 15 minutes of Rampage, I'm telling you, you add an extra half a star on this. Yeah. There's a problem with the, the tape dark elevation before Dynamite. 
and then they'll have Dynamite, and then Rampage is at the very end of a marathon taping to the point where there are very, certain moments at this match where the crowd really came alive, but you can hear the fatigue, if that makes yeah, any that sense. Makes, no, it very much has this taped, fatigued quality that this match was fantastic, but I couldn't help but think, oh, this crowd are d- down for this, or oh, it very much has the vibe of a taped show. So that was a little bit disappointing. Um, I had it on last week's Rampage as well. Apparently, it was different in the stadium. Maybe that was just a way with the sound carries, mm-hmm. but regardless, that's the literally the only drawback to this match. Like, I thought Wilborn, after watching, when did it all start going wrong? 2018. After literally watching two full years of NXT people staring at their hands, I thought, I never want to watch a hand again in a professional wrestling match until I watched this. If you watched everything Brian Danielson did with his hands, with Nick Jackson's hands... It was absolute perfection. It was a slow annihilation of the arm. It was the narrative through line here, and it was glorious all of the way through. At one point, he gets the arm, puts it in a hammerlock, and then just starts caving him in the chest with those forearms against the rope. That was brilliant. That led to the sequence where he was just, as you said, like making a bit of fusilli pasta out of his arm, <laughs> just manipulating those joints. He's like nipping it at one point. Did you see that? Yeah. I was absolutely loving the arm work. And it wasn't just to hurt Nick Jackson's arm. These people think about what they're doing so well. If you notice, Nick Jackson is this kind of a lucha spot that he does. And in the lucha context, it's fine. It's a little bit more cooperative once you get into the same wavelength thing yet. Nick Jackson does a spot where he will hold someone's hand and he will jump up the turnbuckles, do some jumps off the ropes, and then do the arm drag. Because Danielson is a genius, and Nick Jackson's a genius, he was already had the hand held because Danielson was working on it so well that when he finally just slapped him and did it, the hands are already connected. Mm-hmm. Just these little tiny transition moments between the, the dramatic swings and momentum were just absolutely perfect. And Brian Danielson's I'm the one who kicks spot was just <laughs> unbelievable. Nick Jackson just trying to play the hard guy, trying to be like an obnoxious dick of anything you can do, I can do better. I'm a young buck, I changed the business, whatever. Him kicking Danielson and just having a whale of a time doing it, then the slow realisation that Danielson was loving it and just so defiant. It's like, oh, go on. I'm the one who kicks, I'm the one who kicks, I'm the one who kicks, leaning his chest into it. It's absolutely great. They built to the apron spots and the suplexes to the outside so brilliantly in this match. I thought it was absolutely wonderful professional wrestling the only down part of it was I feel the lethargy in mm-hmm. that crowd, and it does matter a lot. You know what? Like It's one of those where it's like the pandemic wrestling, when you could just tell the people to be up for it, you're getting paid, be more thingied. <laughs> like, they got away with it more than Rampage. There's certain dynamites on this, like, when they were getting taped concurrently, where Austin Gunn's got more energy than some of these fans, and I don't know how to fix the problem. Maybe dark and dark elevations concepts aren't working all that well because it's a lot of work just to pad some stats. How important is that when the the genuine reality is this is really impacting on your TV? I was going to say put dark elevation last, but then people might leave. They would just leave. Yeah. They would just leave. Strategically, you need to keep them there for Rampage. So you put dark elevation on, and I've got no problems with dark elevation being a thing. Does it have to go as long as it does? Mm. Like you see these, it's like, how long are these people in the arena? Um, when it starts to continuously affect the actual vibe of Rampage, 
maybe they need to make some broader strategic calls. The TV's the bread and butter. If the TV continues to be affected in this way, where a four and a three-quarter star match becomes a four and a quarter one as a result of a crowd like that. It's difficult, yeah. yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Danielson's first win in AEW, that, of course, hopefully the first of many. You just reminded me there, though, talking about the... Looking at the hands thing. Have you seen the new James Bond film? I have not. There's only one good James Bond film, and that's Goldeneye. It's a fair, fair assessment. But there is a spot in it where James Bond his hands and I immediately thought of you when he did it I won't say what it is or why it occurs but he asked himself why he's so violent he, there's something along those lines you know go and watch it just for that huge bat <laughs> but anyway post match uh, we have uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Cole and uh, you know the rest of what, the well Matt Jackson was already there actually uh, but they all go to check on Nick Jackson so Christian and Jurassic Express come down to not to necessarily even the odds just to make sure nothing goes down but of course Matt Jackson just can't have this. He just starts jaw-jacking. Christian chins him. This big fight breaks out. Omega bails in the midst of all this. Matt Jackson gets hit with a kill switch from Christian. Uh, Adam Cole gets put in the snare trap by Jungle Boy. Omega tries to walk off and then changes his mind, dives back in, and immediately gets caught in the LaBelle lock by Brian Danielson. And both Kenny Omega and Adam Cole get tapped out by Danielson and Jungle Boy. What do you reckon to that spot as a build to, to this week? I mean, like, the thing is, the build to this week was an obligation. You always know they're going to shoot some kind of big mass brawl angle whenever they're going to do a multi-man tag, or indeed most matches. It's Sometimes it's a bit redundant, but that's not only what they did here, which is why I not only sanctioned it, but loved it. I love the idea of Kenny Omega hesitating as if to say... That's only Adam Cole. Oh. Especially the way it was mirrored later on in the night. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was a wonderful, you know, I, I sense that wasn't an accident. No, I think things aren't an accident. Like Kenny Omega, people say, Don Callis on commentary and in his spiel says he thinks in years. He also thinks in seconds of how perfectly if I went to do something, how to da- delete and dather just enough to make it seem like there's a conscious choice being made. The fact that he came was like, oh. He's kind of stealing my buzz, and one day I think he might even beat me. Should I help him in that case? It's like, well, yeah, I have to. He's my friend, appearances, etc. And then, if you notice, and a lot of people did, it wasn't the most subtle thing they've ever done, but it was still really awesome. Kenny Omega taps like a nanosecond before Adam Cole, just to plant in your head the idea that one day Adam Cole is going to be the biggest star than Kenny Omega, and he's going to win their match when it in- inevitably happens. Spectacular stuff, this. Yes, the post-match, the match. I mean, this is what Rampage increasingly is for. The first 20 minutes of awesomeness and then 40 minutes of, yeah, that was all right. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses, they can be 
big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Well, let's talk about what came next. Uh, we had a little promo. We had Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs introducing this pre-shot, beautifully shot, I should might add, uh, video package with Ricky Starks in his lovely house, getting in his fancy car, looking just an absolute peace in that outfit. Um, and he, he cut a promo on Brian Cage. And to be honest, I love Ricky Starks. I thought, oh, are we still doing this? Well, look at the beats. Ricky Starks, and none of them work because Brian Cage isn't over enough, but the beats of the story are heel uses heel associates to cheat babyface who has shown honorable characteristics by being respectful towards staying in the aftermath of revolution. Babyface threatens vengeance, goes through rest of stable, arrives at Ricky Stark's final boss. Like it's a story. It's one that they are continuing to tell. It's one that they should tell realistically. Um, so the, in, through the parameters of the storyline, yes, there has to be another match because the babyface didn't get this fair shot at it. At the same time, I want Starks to beat the babyface again and then Starks <laughs> and CM Punk yeah. to have a match. That's yeah. what I want. So I don't know how they do this. I don't know how much I want to see it. All I know is that the video was really cool. Even if I hype something I'm bored with at this point, I just want to move on. I popped more at Ricky Starks like bragging to Taz. Producer? Director? It's all me, baby! <laughs> <laughs> when they come back to on commentary. Yeah. I think he's a great addition to the commentary team, I've got to say. Uh, especially when he keeps talking about betting on wrestling, losing, and then winning it all back, baby. Um, we get also a nice little mental connection here as well because we go from the Ricky Stark stuff to CM Punk. Uh, he talks about beating uh, powerhouse Will Hobbs. Uh, he won because of experience, he said, but people are starting to get that he is back and people are going to start gunning for him. But that's what he wants because he'd rather choke on greatness and starve on me- mediocrity. And he said, going to sleep is always on the menu. Just made me love him even more, this. Yeah, he's great. He's absolutely great. I don't know what's next for him, but that is preview fodder. Let's save it for the preview. Indeed. We're professionals here. And let's move on to the three way that came next. Hey, he's learning. He's got him. Uh, Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, and Jade Cargill. I picked Jade Cargill for this. Not in this way, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I also particularly like her flipping off the beer break sign that everyone's seen on social media over the weekend as she walked to the ring. Don't be an arsehole. Don't do that. It's just easy. It's so easy not to say what at a wrestling show. It's so easy to just not at people on Twitter if you don't like them. It's so easy not to hold up signs just not in the parameters of the of the character. Just like, a touch grass sign. Just touch grass. Actually, just, you know what? Don't even make the signs. Touch grass yeah. in general. Like... Punch up, don't punch down. It's not Jade Cargill's fault that 
AEW doesn't book its women often enough, no. or that at this point the women have kind of been stigmatized as the down part of the show. It's not her fault at all. Also, and this might be a bit of a weird way of putting it, for, for a show that week after week after week had TJ and the Bunny and Ford, this is a new match. This is a match I want to see. It's a, a, the three-way with three brilliant women in there. Yeah, just touch grass and don't touch be a dick. Like, uh, what are these people like? If you don't, if you don't have an interest in watching this match, sit on your hands. Yeah. Don't shout boring as well. Don't bring that one back. Don't chant boring. Don't s- just say what. Just sit there, play on your phone or go and have a pint. Yeah. Like, just don't be a, a dick. Either. Touch grass or touch ass. <laughs> and that's your own ass, by the way. Your own ass. Your own ass. That's what I meant by sitting on your hands. Careful. Right, anyway, let's talk about this match. Yeah, you have to specify with some of these people. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he did not know boundaries. <laughs> um, I mean, stri- straight away, pretty much, uh, Nyla Rose power slams Thunder Rose. It takes her out of the match, and we get the we get the match between uh, Nyla Rose and Jay Cargill. Forearms exchanged in the ring. Uh, Cargill hits a pump kick. Cargill uh, clotheslines her out to the floor. Uh, she turns around. Thunder Rosa uh, comes off the top with a shotgun drop kick as we go to the break. When we come back, Jay Cargill's leaning against the ropes and Thunder Rosa is drop kicking a trash can right into her face. Uh, she gets a near fall off that. Um, in comes uh, Nyla Rose. She goes for a choke slam on Rosa. Hey, what, Vince? Well, I might have a point here. Rose and Rosa. I'm getting I'm confused here. But anyway, um, she shoves Rose away into a spine buster from Cargill. Nice bit of fluency between them there. Rose comes back, puts uh, Cargill in uh, in a single leg crab, but Thunder Rosa runs up to the ropes, drop kicks off them uh, to get a near fall on Nyla Rose. At this point, Rosa and Rose are fighting on the apron. There's been a table set up during the ad break, and it looks like Nyla Rose is going to just destroy Thunder Rosa, but Rosa sli- slides out, power bombs Nyla Rose through the table. She is Seemingly out of the match, or at the very least, out of action. So as Thunder Rose is trying desperately trying to roll her back into the ring because it's she's dead weight, she's out cold. As she's doing that, in comes Jay Cargill, who just twats Thunder Rosa with a chair, breaks it, bends it over the back of her, many many chair shots, and then she just pins her because yeah. That's what happens when you get here with a chair 10 times. And uh, yeah, Jay Cargill stands tall. Like I said, my pick, not in the exact way that I thought, but you know what? I enjoyed this for the brief match that it was. Yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was. It wasn't particularly um, intricate <clears throat> or like detailed or like work or like a really big match with like a hot atmosphere and a big vibe, but like they had some fun with it. As you said, there was some creativity within the, the sequences that meant it all sort of... Didn't feel too disjointed as three-way matches do. Um, I was really impressed by, mostly, like, Thunder Rosa was the best worker in this match. Um, But her body control, like, her ability to hit drop kicks and then land on her feet, like, that's seriously impressive. She's, like, really great. Um, The finish, if you're going to do that result, you're probably not going to get a better finish than just get annihilated by an absolute hoss with a chair multiple times. I didn't emerge from it thinking Thunder Rosa looked like a geek. Quite the opposite. Um... I'd have preferred she won, but if nothing else, and it was a bit cynical and strategic and not what you want to feel about pro wrestling, but at least when I watched this finish, I received the message of they still want to do something with her down the line of significance, Mm -hmm. and this is their way of telling me that it took her an awful lot to get put away, and that's fine, I guess. And it continues the story that we keep coming back to of 
Donna Rosa should be world champion, i.e. she's beaten the world champion, but not in a match that counted towards uh, just getting wins yeah. over her. Because this, this was prior to her being champion, wasn't it, when she beat Britt Baker yes. in that Lights Out match? So in theory, she should have been next in line, but because it was an unsanctioned match, that doesn't count. And now you saw it with the the Battle Royal. You've seen it here. She gets so close to winning. She was the, the last person eliminated from the Battle Royal. She had Nyla Rose beaten here. And yet again, uh, fingertips away. I, I think it's going to be a great story as it develops towards what will probably be the biggest and best, best women's match that they've put on ever, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. Informed by what came before, obviously, that, that mad unsanctioned match yeah. goes down there. From that, that is number one for me for now. Absolutely. That a nice little story. Some fun moments. Nothing was lost. It was Harry. Uh, Malachi Black is hanging out in a dark stairwell next. He says the black mist that he gave to Cody Rhodes came from the heart. Should get that looked at. Uh, he said there's more destruction coming for the Nightmare family, and he's ready to move on to other souls in this company. I like this a lot, not least because they all but said that the Cody Malachi Black feud is over. Yes. While at the same time remembering that it happened, putting it over that it happened. And they did two things at once here. Malachi Black is saying that I'm done. Definitively, I'm better than you. I've proven it. And I uh, don't want to come anywhere near with a bloke with a glack. Yeah, absolutely. So Malachi Black's just saying, I'm done. I did this. I'm going to remind you because it was impressive and it's worth putting over. I'm going to move on. And there are ramifications that I've left behind in the residue of the Nightmare Family deal. Yeah, all very good. He's poisoned the Nightmare Family, some might say. Oh, it's just gone mad. He's got his Glock out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right, we get a little uh, recap and a promo from Sammy Guevara as the new TNT champion. Nice clips of him celebrating, obviously dedicating the, the win and saying that the only real TNT champion is the late Mr. Brody Lee. Uh, and he's got a new version of the title, but I love the fact that they do that, that they change it up. Yes, absolutely. I think he's gone for the one that Derby held. Yeah, the old the one before, yeah. yeah. The other one had the... I've uh, forgotten the... Miro's place colours on it. Bulgaria. Yes. I feel like, I want to say Plovdiv, but I may have just made that up in my head. So. I don't want to specify that. Or... I'll, go, I'll Google it whilst we talk about the next thing. Yeah, I? absolutely. Um, yeah, I hope, I don't know, if, is there any like insignia that you could associate with Sammy Guevara? I think that in general, they should. It is Plovdiv. Hey, well well done. done for us not being racist. Well done, well done, well done. I think if situationally, if it works, do a customization. If not, don't bother doing it for the sake of it. You don't want to look too gimmicky. It's meant to be a wrestling championship after all. I yeah. still think that Orange Cassidy wearing it upside down, MGF having it in Burberry, those are two things that we could do with it. But other than that, MGF having it in Burberry is really good. Uh, right, we found out four of these seven. Yes, because there's a Joker. It might be Buddy Murphy. Rumors are to be revealed, uh, to be proven true even. Uh, four of the seven members of the Casino Ladder match were announced. They were Pac, John Moxley, Andrade El Idolo, and Lance Archer. We got a few of them right, I suppose. <laughs> no Dante Martin, but four, you know. I mean, they, it's a hell of a lineup. Yeah, we got two out of seven. Uh, still... I feel I, like we, we mentioned Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy on Friday. I can't remember. Yeah, those are the two that we got right. Oh, Oh, we didn't mention Pac and Andrade. Did we not? Oh, I don't know. All Dante I, Martin should be in this match. All I remember is that I went, uh, yeah, Dante Martin, and then some other fives. And that's it. Dante should be in this match. Good. Well, maybe he'll be the Joker. He won't be, but maybe. Nah. Uh, then we got the uh, the old 
It's time for the main event uh, promo uh, featuring... Orange Cassidy was sensational. Here. Mark Henry. So uh, Matt Hardy's there with Jack Evans, and he's saying, oh, no, I'd always insisted that Jack Evans did this because he brought the scissors down when we cut that other fan's hair or whenever it was. Orange Cassidy, in the midst of all this, where in previous weeks, like Eddie Kingston's ripped his shirt off and basically gone, I'm going to fucking kill you in this main event or whatever it may, may be, the back and forth that we usually get for... a a main event match. Orange Cassidy says, what's this? What's this match? What am I doing? A hair versus hair match, Cassidy. If you lose, you get your head shaved. And he said, oh, I guess I'm not going to lose there. Yeah. Huge bap. I don't know what this is. What is this? It's great. I love him. So then we get Jack Evans versus Orange Cassidy. Who's going to get that? It's going to be Jack Evans. We know it's going to be Jack Evans, but I'll tell you how we got there anyway. Um, initially, Matt Hardy, who's a ringside, of course, distracts him. That lets Evans get a roll-up for a two-count immediately. Uh, Cassidy fights back, though, hits him with those lazy kicks and then spins Evans round by the hair. Uh, Hardy, though, pulls Orange Cassidy out of the ring when the referee's not looking, nails him with a right hand, and Evans does a brilliant 450 splash onto the floor. Cassidy eventually comes back, dodges the handspring elbow from Evans, and then hits a dive onto both Evans, and then onto Matt Hardy. He goes for the spinning DDT, but Evans brilliantly counters into a Northern Light suplex, transitions into a Mishinoku driver for a near fall, hits the uh, standing sky twister press, he gets a two count off that, goes up top to come off uh, off the uh, top turnbuckle for another sky twister splash this time, but misses it. Cassidy hits the spinning DDT, comes off the top, diving DDT, gets a great near fall off that. At this point, the Butcher, Blade, and the Bunny, they come out. Best friends are there, though, to block their path to make sure that they can't interfere in this. So out uh, are called the rest of the HFO, that being the likes of Angelico and Private Party. Dark Order, though, join the best friends to even the odds. Uh, whilst all this is going on, Jack Evans stands up, turns round into the orange punch. One, two, three. So we know that Jack Evans is the one who's going to be getting his head shaved. Hardy instructs Angelico to go and save his mate, and he just runs into uh, runs into a train, basically. He gets his head kicked in, gets sent back to them, and the rest of the HFO are looking to Matt Hardy to see what he decides, and he apologizes to Jack Evans but says, we're going to get out of here for the greater good. He's left sitting in the ring on one of those barber chairs, and then they shave Jack Evans' head. They cut a bit of hair off, then they get the clippers on it. And uh, as this is all going on, we find out that Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy, good luck, everyone, are going to be the, f- uh, not final competitors, but five and six in the casino ladder match on Wednesday. And a lovely finish sees the Dark Order and the best friends give negative one a big old hug in the ring to end the show. Your thoughts on all this? I'm still thinking about Brian Danielson's hands. <laughs> Legitimately, if you watch that finishing sequence again and watch his hands specifically, the dragon suplex is great. The rollover is great. He's so careful and so subtle about slipping his hand in a way that, that can't get reversed to then use it to smash him in the jaw with the elbow very swiftly, deftly, if you will, get back into position, underhook, cattle mutilation. I could watch Brian Danielson do matches with his hands all day long. This was an all right match. You know, it was all right, the main event. Um, nothing particularly groundbreaking about the layout. Elevated, I guess, by Jack Evans bumping like a madman. <laughs> like, he took so many great ones right in the dome that the fans did actually respond to it. Funish, 
not groundbreaking. You've seen this kind of match a million times, realistically. As I said, elevated by his bumping with a nice, cathartic, jubilant post-match scene. Um, they cut Jack Evans's hair in a cool way. And what I mean by that is it always looks better if you give them a ridiculous mullet rather than shave off the whole thing because yeah. you get like two visual gags for the price of one there. Or three, you get the mullet, you get the hat, and then you get the wax, the big. Matt Hardy better pick his head to make all of this worth it. But you know what? I've got two nice things to say about Matt Hardy before we conclude this podcast. One, genuinely good value as a manager. Absolutely. He was like he was really good about like his, his cartoonish admonishments of Jack Evans. His like eh, I wasn't doing anything. Those were quite good. And, you know, this was pointed out to me on Twitter because I didn't really want to let myself think it. Matt Hardy's not going to deliver some incredible stunts and do some really fluid stuff in a ladder match, but he knows how to lay them out. Aye, that's a good point. He knows very much how to lay these things out, so I would basically put him in the position of glorified producer. I'll have to take one bump, I guess, or he can bump Cassidy to put theoretical heat on this rather cold program they've got going. So he doesn't have to take a bump. In fact, it would be better for the story if he didn't, and he can just be the quasi-agent, the glorified agent. I was going to say that. It makes me feel a lot better about Wednesday. We're going to be talking more about it, of course. I still on the don't end. like the, the rules of the match, which they alluded to. I, f- I forgot that it wasn't just, here's seven guys, do some tits things with weapons. It's the countdown? Oh, for Because f- they said the Joker, if he's even needed, will be revealed on the night. Oh, for Christ! Why? Here's the thing, in kayfabe. Why, presuming this is going to be a hot new face, why pay a guy several hundred thousand dollars a year in theory, or if it's a forbidden door deal, a one-off big-time appearance fee, for a match that, in theory, if this was in any way realistic, he might not even be a part of. Mm. Like, come on, Tony Khan, you're cleverer than this. You're cleverer than me. Yeah, I'm pointing this out. Yeah, I felt, well, I've, I've simultaneously felt a lot better then about the casino ladder match with Matt Hardy's involvement. And now I've made myself sad again because I forgot about that stupid bloody countdown nonsense. But regardless, we will preview that on the AW Dynamite preview coming your way Wednesday of this week, of course. Uh, and let us know your thoughts on AEW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Wish Michael Hamflet well in his recovery at Michael Hamflet. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. But this has been the AEW Rampage review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.